My name is Randy Baker. I'm with Baker Farms. We're in Cold Spring, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, USDA released its monthly cattle on feed report, and the market reacted negatively to it. We'll take a closer look at the cattle on feed numbers coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. U.S. Senator Ted Cruz meets with Texas farmers and ranchers, saying he is fighting for jobs, freedom, and security. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have a report from Washington in my visit with the senator on Texas Ag Today. We're getting some rain in the Texas High Plains this week, but does this mean El Nino is about to happen? I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. President Biden's veto of a congressional resolution on the WOTUS issue flushed his opportunities to support farmers and ranchers. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. USDA's monthly cattle on feed report is out and it continues the trend of fewer cattle in feedlots with U.S. feedlot inventories of 11.65 million head. That's down 4% from a year ago. Placements also down 1% from last year. Marketing's down 1% as well. Oklahoma State University livestock economist Dr. Daryl Peel. I think some people were expecting it to be a little bit more friendly in terms of tighter numbers, but this is within the range of estimates of some analysts, so it wasn't a complete surprise. I don't know how the market will react to it. It may take it slightly bearish, but it's not a a, a severely bearish report. I think the cattle on feed number is probably 1% higher than the average expectation. The placements came in a little bit larger, but again, some of the analysts, as they analyzed the numbers, anticipated that. But I think this report is more just kind of a continuation of setting the stage for the tightening of numbers that's going to happen. It's just not happening real fast at this point in time. We've already seen record live cattle futures and fed cattle cash prices recently, and Peel says this trend of tighter cattle supplies will continue. The American Lamb Board released the final video in its five-part series emphasizing lamb quality. The final video's title is Retail Meat Yield. The overall goal of the video series is to help the U.S. lamb industry provide a consistently high-quality product for Americans' dinner plates. 
Texas sheep producer Alan McAnally was featured on one of those five videos released by the Lamb Board. You can watch those videos at lambresourcecenter.com or on the American Lamb Board's YouTube channel. The Farm Bill debate continues, but we still don't have answers on how much, if any, extra money will be available to strengthen the farm safety net. Dr. Bart Fisher with Texas A&M's Agriculture and Food Policy Center says we've spent a lot of money on farm aid and disasters after the fact. Why not put that money into the Farm Bill to address those issues when they happen? We've had tens of billions in trade aid and COVID aid and hurricane and disaster aid, all of which was immensely helpful to agriculture, but farmers found out about it after the fact and they had to ride that wave through it. And so I do suspect a lot of members are going to be saying, you know, we've spent almost $100 billion in ad hoc assistance to agriculture. The pendulum swung too far on the farm safety net. We need to actually go back, rethink this and make some substantive improvements to it so that we sort of obviate the need for all of this after the fact aid. The question then becomes, where would you spend that money and on what types of safety net programs, such as some type of margin protection, given the massive increase in input costs that farmers and ranchers are facing? Senator Ted Cruz met with a group of Texas farmers and ranchers last week in Washington. Tom Nicoletti was there and visited with the senator. Texas Senator Ted Cruz met with farmers and ranchers representing the Texas Farm Bureau recently in Washington. Senator Cruz joins me now, and uh, sir, what was your main message to uh, Texas agricultural producers during these very challenging economic times? Well, Tom, it's great to be with you. I had the great pleasure of spending the evening with all the men and women who came up from the Texas Farm Bureau. Nearly 300 farmers and ranchers from all across Texas are here in Washington, and I view my job every day as fighting for every Texas farmer, every Texas rancher in our great state, fighting for jobs, fighting for small businesses, fighting for freedom and security across our state. And you're right, it's tough to be a farmer. It's tough to be a rancher in Texas. There are a lot of challenges and and it's gotten a lot tougher in the last couple of years. Inflation is out of control because politicians in Washington can't stop spending trillions of dollars they don't have. We've got taxes that are hammering farms and ranches. And we've got an administration that wants to raise taxes even more and especially raise the death tax, which is crushing to agriculture. And then on top of that, you've got government regulators putting regulation upon regulation, including maddeningly the waters of the United States rule, which hurts every farmer and rancher in the state of Texas and makes no sense. And my message was to say thank you for the farmers and ranchers of Texas, that you are defending our great state. You provide the common sense values that keep Texas who we are, and it's my job to fight for you. My job every day is to fight to support the men and women of our border patrol, to support the men and women of law enforcement, and to fight to keep Texas safe. And I think that's what the overwhelming majority of farmers and ranchers want to. That is U.S. Senator Ted Cruz of Texas joining me today in our nation's capital. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. What do this week's rains mean for the weeks ahead for farmers and ranchers on the Texas High Plains? James Hunt takes a look from Amarillo. For all the farmers and ranchers in the Texas High Plains, hopefully the wet conditions being experienced around the region this week have already or will very soon bring you some of the beneficial moisture you've been waiting for. 
But is this the beginning of more consistent rains for our new growing season? Mike Gittinger of the National Weather Service office in Amarillo says not necessarily. It's possible we you know get a little bit of rain and then dry back out for several weeks after that. So it's really hard to say at this point if it's going to be us turning the corner or just a little blip for now. But the good news is we are out of La Nina and have now entered a neutral stage. And although we are having to wait for the El Nino we really want, Gittinger says there are signs of one developing. The water temperatures that are closer to the coast of Central and South America are actually very warm at this point, but it has to make its way out a little more into the Central Pacific where they measure the strength of El Nino and La Nina a little further offshore. It's still pretty neutral out there. So that's the factor. And then there's a longevity that they want to see where it maintains for a certain amount of time and, and start seeing a more of a sign of the atmosphere responding to that. And those are the things that we're waiting for is kind of the longevity and a little better consistent sign of atmospheric response. Gittinger says our chances for an El Nino look best after we get past the spring. The core of the summer there, June, July, August, probability goes up over 70 percent. And by the time we get to the fall, it's up over 80 uh, percent. So a pretty drastic increase in the probabilities of seeing El Nino condition as we move into the early part of the summer. And then those probabilities kind of slowly go up from there. Tomorrow, we'll hear more from Mike Gittinger about our outlook for rain this year. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The White House's veto of a congressional resolution on the waters of the U.S. rule was a disappointment for many farmers and ranchers. Gary Joyner tells why. Congress knows the Environmental Protection Agency's overreaching waters of the United States rule is flawed. A bipartisan, bicameral joint resolution to halt implementation of the rule recently reached President Biden's desk. Remarkably, he vetoed the measure on April 6th. He sided with bureaucrats, not with America's farmers and ranchers. The rule is a clear case of government overreach that leaves farmers and ranchers in Texas and across the nation wondering whether they can farm their own land. Farming activities such as moving dirt, plowing, or building fences may require a federal permit. Farmers and ranchers share the goal of protecting the nation's waterways, but the new WOTUS rule is big government at its worst. President Biden had a chance to support our nation's growers by agreeing with the will of Congress on this important issue. Instead, his veto of the water resolution flushed the opportunity. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. Texas high school students have just a few days left to apply for this year's wildlife conservation camp. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And lots of calves have been born across Texas this spring, and they all face a common challenge. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. New baby calves have been hitting the ground all across Texas this spring, and they all face a common challenge. Dr. Bob Judd says it's scours. Understanding the cause of scours or neonatal calf diarrhea is important to preventing the problem. Dr. Heldon Clark and Lindsay Wachter Mead indicate at Drovers.com, that calf scours outbreaks are usually due to a contaminated calving environment as the environment builds up infectious organisms as multiple cows calve in the same area. The cows shed small amounts of bacteria and viruses in the environment, but do not show any clinical signs while some disease-producing organisms can remain in the environment year after year. Calves exposed to the infectious organisms actually amplify the number of organisms, and they shed increased numbers of infectious organisms to future calves when they are born. Consequently, the first calves born may not have any symptoms of scours, but as the number of calves increases, so does the number of infectious organisms, and scours becomes more common. One method to decrease the number of infectious organisms is to follow the Sand Hills Calving System plan, and this involves placing all similar age calves in a group and then cows that have not calved will be moved to a clean pasture. This will be continued every two to three weeks as cows calve to make sure all cows calve on a relatively clean pasture. This does require a lot of fencing and different pastures, but it may be worth it in the long run. Also, having an area for shelter from the weather that is dry will reduce calf stress. Testing feces by your veterinarian will likely be required to make an accurate diagnosis of the disease, and this is important to determine the specific treatment needed and the best method of preventing future disease. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas high school students have just a few days left to apply for this year's Wildlife Conservation Camp. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. Time is running out for Texas high school students to apply for this year's Wildlife Conservation Camp hosted by the Texas chapter of the Wildlife Society. This year's camp will be held July 17th through the 21st at the Texas Tech University Center in Junction. Kelly Mundy, camp co-chair and a Texas Master Naturalist program aide, says campers will explore wildlife and plant ecology, species identification, tracking, trapping, monitoring, habitat investigation, management strategies, hunter education and ethics, field sampling, and more. If they're looking at what to expect at camp, they'll experience five days in the outdoors learning from the natural resource professionals that we find across the state. We'll have hands-on activities that allow the campers to experience a variety of wildlife and rangeland techniques, and they'll be able to comprehend the interconnectivity of the world around us. She says it is an excellent opportunity for youth who are interested in going into a conservation 
or wildlife-related field. I started as a camper in 2012, and since then, these past 10 years, I've been able to meet several different natural resource professionals that I related to and became my mentors as I went through college um, at my bachelor's and graduate studies. And you never know who's going to open that door for your next opportunity. The camp is open to high school students. The deadline to apply is May 1st. Cost is $350 and includes housing and meals for the week. Scholarships are available and students may seek out sponsorships. Students can apply at wildlifecamptx.org. That is wildlifecamptx.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal. It was a very negative day in the markets on Tuesday. We'll check out all of the closing livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We had a lot of red ink on the board in the commodity trade on Tuesday. We'll start out with cattle. We actually finished mixed after a slow, choppy, sideways type of trade. The nearby April contract unchanged, 174.30. The June down 52, 164.02. August live cattle down 50 cents. 162.95. Feeder cattle were mixed. April feeders down 47, 202.07. May feeder cattle down $1.32 at 209.42. The August contract up 17 cents, 229.50. Cash fed cattle market still quiet on Tuesday. This choppy to lower futures trade may have packers holding out until later in the week hoping to buy cattle at cheaper money this week. Boxed beef prices mixed, choice down 34 cents, 306.78, select up 201 at 290.71. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Rodney Butler, my guest today. They sell them in Beeville every Friday. Beeville Livestock, Rodney Butler, how was that sale? Well, we had another good sale. Had some really good cattle this week, some good steers and heifers, and uh, we had a really good sale. I thought the market was really active, sir. Walk the pins with us, Rodney. All right, we had 537 head of cattle, three horses, and nine goats. That whole market was active. The two to 300 pound steers, $1.65 to 280. Heifers, $1.58 to 235. The 300, 400 pound steers, 201 to 280. Heifers, $1.57 to 215. Your 400 500 pound steers at 204 to 260. Heifers, $1.77 to 245. Your 500 600 pound steers, $1.98 to 240. Heifers, $1.85 to 213. 
Your six hundred seven hundred pound steers a dollar eighty two to two twenty one. Heifers a dollar seventy to a dollar eighty six. And your seven hundred eight hundred pound steers were a dollar sixty eight to a dollar eighty eight. And heifers were one forty nine to one eighty. Hecker cows were not as strong as what they were the week before. They brought anywhere from sixty to ninety two cents. Hecker bulls brought from seventy nine to a dollar sixteen. No stocker cows or bred cows brought anywhere from five fifty to nine seventy five. And we didn't have any pairs this last week, sir. What do you know for this Friday? Uh, I did know of several bunches coming in. We had some good rains here in the area, which was well needed. Uh, we had probably anywhere from two to two and a half inches, and some places had three. But we had a good rain, so I don't know what that's going to do till Friday sales. So we may be a little slim pickings next this Friday. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Rodney. Yeah, call me at the cell bar at 361-358-1727 or call me on my mobile, 645-5002. Neighbor, that's all the time we have for this edition of Walking the Pins here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble, your host. You've been listening to us on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures trade now, we're lean hogs. We're lower on Tuesday. May hogs dropped 82 cents, 76.87. The June down 30 8705. Class three milk was lowered. Nearby April milk down a penny at 1862 a hundred weight. The May contract down 19 cents at sixteen seventy a hundred. The cotton market took a drop as the overall financial and outside markets were somewhat jittery on Tuesday. Stock market took a big drop, all of that weighing heavily on the cotton market, with July cotton dropping 207 to close at 78.62. The October down 179 points at 79.87, while December cotton was down 191 points, 79.37 cents. The corn market managed to close mixed with Old crop lower, new crop higher. May corn down four and three quarters, six forty-six and a half. While new crop September was up a penny at five fifty-one and three quarters. Those outside market factors that we spoke about in cotton, same thing happening to the wheat market. Overall financial jitters weighing on the wheat market with July Kansas City wheat down fourteen and a half at eight oh three a bushel. July Chicago wheat down four at six fifty three a bushel. In the energy markets, June natural gas was down five cents two forty one. June West Texas crude oil down a dollar fifty eight seventy seven eighteen a barrel. The financial markets took a drop Tuesday afternoon. The Dow was down three hundred fifteen points thirty three thousand five sixty. The Nasdaq down two hundred eighteen points eleven thousand eight nineteen. The S&P down 61 at 4,075. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.